Hoi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on your uh, your podcast. So uh, you're more than welcome. So uh, we've this is the first time we've met each other. Hui, yep. and your family name is Nguyen. That's Vietnamese uh, name, isn't it? Yep, one of the most popular uh, Vietnamese last names. Uh, is, is it the most popular? I, I have no idea. Like it's funny. I asked my dad. I'm like, you know, why did you name it Hui? And then he's like, oh, you know, it's a very unique name. I'm like, but if you go to Vietnam, every second person is named Hui, <laughs> followed by Nguyen. It's like, yeah. Nguyen is number one, isn't it? After Huang or before yeah, Huang? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what is it? You you come from Vietnam? You born here? No, I was born here. I was born here. Um, my dad came from Vietnam when he was uh, seventeen, I think. Oh right, okay. Yes, and then straight, went straight to high school. Yeah. And yeah, after that, he just started working because um, he was the oldest son. Yes. And my grandpa and grandma were kind of struggling with money, you know, obviously, because my grandpa came over here first, and then he just basically pulled everyone over after the, uh, or during the uh, Civil War, was it? During the war, yeah. During the war, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, when he brought his whole family over here, obviously my dad went to school for a bit and then stopped school to start working. So he was here when he was 17 in 1975, so that's when the war mm -hmm. broke out. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And, and so he left school straight left away? Left school. Right. Left school. He said he left school because he had to work, but I don't know, maybe he left school because he doesn't like school. Okay, but, um, that's very weird for Vietnamese uh, not to be able to go to school or not forced to go to school. Yeah, well, I think my uncles were studying at the time and he wanted them to have the best opportunity. So he just started working from, right. the, uh, yeah, from day one. Yeah. So how old are you, Hui? I'm 26. Okay, and you're the only child in the family? Uh, I've got an older sister who's uh, 28 and I have uh, two younger brothers. Right. Um, my dad remarried, so um, they're kind of like my half-brothers. Anything? Yeah. So. Okay. So you, you you're saying your dad's remarried? What they divorced? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah okay. dad, um, That's also something. I mean, your dad's broken every Vietnamese rule. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very good. So, what about you? You went to uni. I did go to uni. Um, I finished high school, and um, basically told myself during high school that yeah, I want to go to uni. You know, make my parents happy, make my my grandparents happy as well. Yeah, I know and how it feels. Yeah, but. The funny thing is, like every time my family would come over, my uncles would always ask me, you know, what do you want to do after you finish school? You know, my answer would be in direct relation to the the face they make. So if I told them, oh yeah, I want to be an entertainer, yeah. you know, they would be like, oh, that's weird. Like if your dad didn't escape Vietnam for you to be an entertainer, and then straight away I'd be like, okay, I want to be an engineer. And right. they kind of just stuck with me all the time because I didn't want them to to think any different. Yeah. And every time I said engineer or lawyer, they'll be, oh, that's really good, you know. And then they'll say to my dad, you know, you got a good son. And it's like, you know, just because I say one thing doesn't make me want to actually do it. Yeah. So do you belong to that family, that Vietnamese family that wants a, a son to be a priest, one in, in law and then one in the army? Or? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that's why my dad had another two kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what happened? So you went to uni and studied... Um... Communications. Okay. Yeah. So... I studied that at uh, Western Sydney University yep. at the Penrith campus and f for a year I was just going there and I didn't know what I was really looking at or studying. You know, like uh, It got to a point where it was compulsory for us to go to the tutorials and I just didn't go. I'm just like, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I felt like I was just wasting the hex debt, yep. just, just making it more and more and more to the point where I told myself, you know, would I rather just spend 30 grand on investing in myself as opposed to 30 grand on a uni debt that isn't really going to get me anywhere. Because now I know people who finish their degrees and they're still struggling to find a job. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I, I feel it sometimes, you know, university, if, if 
for some people, it's actually killing some of their ability, dwarfing a little bit of their creative thinking. Exactly, you know, yeah, yeah, push, yeah. It pushed them into thinking one, as if life is just one way, one yeah. direction, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So you, you quit uni? Yeah, I quit uni. And what did you do then? Well, I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, at the time I was, um, I was just going out, like I told you, I could finish high school. So yeah, so all my friends were partying and you know, I just wanted to join the bandwagon. And then it got to a point where every time they went out, obviously it costs money. Yeah. And I didn't have money at the time. You know, I was just going out, kind of freeloading off people. And I asked myself, is this really what I want to do for the next couple of years? Well, actually it's funny, um, it's my sister that sat me down and she's like, what are you doing? You left uni, you're just going out, you're not helping out the family or anything. Yeah, and um, yeah, she sat down, she started crying. And I, was, and I think at that point, that's when I'm like, okay, I got to make a change. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like every other person that didn't really create anything in their life. So it was your sister that made that change for you? Yeah, my sister. My sister sat me down and she just spoke to me heart to heart. And um, yeah, as soon as I saw her crying, like it just really got to me. So how, how long after you quit? Because obviously, uh, when, when you left, what, what did you do? Did, did you go and work somewhere? Did, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't, okay. I didn't work at all. Um, I was just like, the, I finished, I left uni um, when I was 19. Right. Yeah. And then during that time, like I said, I was just partying. And then I think when I was around 20, that's when my sister sat me down and said, you got to do something. And um, yeah, after that, I started working at um, a Asian restaurant. Right. And, um, you know, I was making like $9 an hour. Yes. You know, working like a dog. Yep. But at that time, I didn't have anything else. So I just kept doing that for about uh, six months. And then I moved to a different Asian restaurant. Um, one that's a bit more with a younger crowd. And from there, that's where I kind of learned a lot about work ethic from the, the guy who owned the place. So I got really close to the guy. Uh, his name's Jay and he, he's played a pretty significant part in my life as well. Right. So um, him and his wife actually, Sue, they, they taught me a lot about, you know, working hard and, you know, well, they, they, they were like the older brother, older sister that uh, I never really had. You know, obviously I had an older sister, but they didn't, she didn't really know about, you know, working or anything. So uh, or earning her business. So the guy, Jay, he was like to me around a year later, because I was working there for about two years. Yes. Uh, a year later, he said to me, you know, what do you want to do with your life? You know, what do you enjoy doing? And I've always been the type that was into sports. You know, even in school, um, like basketball was basically my whole life. And uh, I got to a point with basketball where um, I stopped getting taller, so I didn't get any better anymore. Right. And the passion was still there. Even though I wasn't competing, the passion was there because I enjoyed helping others get better. You know, so I was always leading the team, you know, training them and everything. And um, I told Jay, I'm like, you know what, I like, I enjoy training. And he said, why don't you go do your you know, diploma in fitness or your Cert 3, Cert 4 in fitness. And I said, you know what, I will do it. You know, so about a month later, I uh, registered or enrolled into the um, Australian Institute of Fitness, which by the way, it goes for like a two month course and they expect you to learn three years worth of work in two months. Right. So you're basically, it's one of those things where you just pay for a, you know, a certificate. Mm -hmm. So you had to do your own research if you wanted to stay ahead of the game, which I did. Um, and then while I was doing the, um, the college, the diploma actually, um, I met one of the guys through basketball and he was working at a gym called uh, Fitness Studios at the time. Yes. And he was like, you know, once you get your Cert 3, Cert 4, I'll hook you up with a job. 
And he did, you know, he, he got me working at fitness studios and I was just working there as like a, a gym floor staff. So not a personal trainer. So personal trainers, they, they got to pay rent. They got to you know, do all that stuff. I was just working like below that mm -hmm. just so I can learn the ins and outs of, you know, working in the gym and everything. Um, but what I learned was a lot of the PTs there, a lot of the personal trainers there, they were struggling because they were kind of isolated to just the gym. You know, they were taught if you get your set three, set four, you become a personal trainer, then you're gonna earn all this money, big money. So when I really asked the personal trainers, like, how much do you guys actually make? You know, I know it's a really uh, confidential stuff, but they were honest. They said, you know, one week I'll make $200, one week I'll make $600. But then I'm like, what about rent? And they said, yeah, so the rent would take most of the, the paycheck. So, you know, I said to myself, I'm like, why don't you go out to like boot camps or, you know, open other things like studios and stuff. They said they don't want to take that risk. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, you're slowly dying, you know, just paying rent to rent constantly. Yep. Um, you're going a bit fast for me, right? So, so can I just ask you yep. something here? You sat down with your sister. I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine myself at the age of 19 even listening to my own father, let alone my sister. So, <laughs> so there has to be something that she said, or there has to be something in you that decided enough is enough. Or yeah. did, you, did you get rid of that parting business at the age of 19? Or yeah, well, um, it's, it's, pretty, it's quite personal actually. The, the reason why I, um, it got to me was because in that same year, um, I was partying quite a bit and uh, I actually um, actually OD'd. Right. Yeah. And from that, I think my sister was with me the whole way. Um, this is when I was 19. Right. Um, so you OD'd what, in the nightclub, outside? Yeah, at, at a party. Yeah. At okay. a party, yeah. Yeah, like after that, she just sat me down. She's like, you know, if you're going to keep going the way you're going, you know, what, what's your life going to be? I mean, okay, so, so here, here it is. So that is a defining moment for you. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. take us through? I mean, I, I love to hear that yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think that someone's life usually just goes through the normal yeah, 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 process. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then everyone who actually have achieved great things, they have that defining yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. It's, not, it's, not like, it's not something I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was at a, a party and the next morning I woke up in hospital. Right. Yeah. And during that moment, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, I, it didn't even occur to me that something happened that night. I was just like, holy crap, what am I gonna say to my dad? You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the scariest bit. <laughs> not the hospital, medical nah, bills or anything. Not the fact that I'm dying. <laughs> not what the fact that I nearly <laughs> died. It's what is my dad gonna say to me? Or what am I gonna say to my dad? Yeah. Yep. So um, my sister was sitting at the, uh, the room with me at the time and uh, she was just crying and I was like, must have done something real bad. And um, she didn't talk to me the whole way. So uh, when we got home, you know, my dad's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, where were you last night? And I was like, uh, I was just at a party. Like he, my, my sister didn't even tell my dad, you know, my sister just kept quiet about it. And um, she's like, don't tell him, you know, like he's, he's going through some stuff at the moment. So just, we'll just keep it between us two. And that day actually, just, that's when I was in my room, I was kind of recovering and she sat me, she sat me down and she's like, wait, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. you know, are you um are you just gonna continue this I get it this, okay. this parting life and um, yeah I just I just thought to myself the things she said was all right you know she said if you just keep doing the way if you keep parting the way you're parting like that's you're gonna have a really short life that no one's gonna remember and uh, yeah that's when I said to myself right, I'm I'm gonna do something about it yeah okay. how much older is she she's two years older than me wow very wise person it's yeah like 21 yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. So now, so that was the defining moment. That defining moment did not push you into the gym, right? That, no, it didn't. The gym was really no. something that you found out after two years of yeah, yeah, working yeah. in a restaurant and finding out that it's a shit work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, <laughs> the thing is, like, it's taught me heaps about the face value of money, okay? So, for example, um, I was working for $9 an hour or whatever, but I was working like a dog, Mm-mm. right? And um, I was like, you know what? I, I can't do this forever, obviously. And from that, I, uh, I moved on to another restaurant. And the funny thing is that restaurant taught me so much more and it's taught me a lot more about anything than anything I've ever worked in. That was when you worked around Jay and Sue. Jay and Sue, yeah. Right, okay. Yep, Jay and Sue. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they taught me heaps. They taught me that you work hard now, so you're gonna work hard later. And Were they family friends? Or no, they weren't family there? friends. Oh, they were just literally people I met there. Wow. And they treated me like, like almost like a son, if wow. anything. Yeah. And you can just tell these guys are genuine people. You know, they genuinely care about you and everything. Um, so, like my story is like everything happens for a reason and I'll, I'll tell you why as well. Like we were, we were working together and that day, one, one of the nights, Jay said to me, you know, we should go try something called CrossFit. Because he knew I was into training and everything. Yep. And it's funny, I was like, yeah, sounds pretty gay. And um, <laughs> on that same night, someone walked into the doors of Tor Spices, which is the restaurant I was working at, with a CrossFit shirt on. And I was like to Jay, I'm like, hey, it's that, uh, it's that CrossFit thing you were talking about. Let's go talk to him. And the person that was wearing that CrossFit shirt was uh, a man named Bradley. Okay, so Bradley used to own uh, CrossFit Never Quit, which is the one that I'm owning now. Yeah. Right. So he was like to me, yeah, you know, you should come try out CrossFit, blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll give you discounts. Never gave us discounts, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the following week, we went there to check it out. And um, from that, we just we just kept going. You know, we just I just changed my whole training program to just CrossFit. So so Jay took the time out and really went to those sessions with you. For yeah. A while? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, we both went. He picked me up from my house and then we just went straight there. Yeah, every day we went there, I think at least four times a week. Okay. Yeah. Seems like a nice man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty like cool. Like most people will work with you in the restaurant, they're the boss, and after work they go, see, I mean, you've got your own life, I've got my own life. He, yeah. He's, um, what, was he around your age or what, what, what's happened? Oh man, I think he's like, I think he's like 40 now, but um, okay. when, I, when I was 19, he would have been like 30, early 30s. Wow, that's another yeah. one. But it seems to me like, you, you, I don't know, but your, your path has got quite a few angels. You got your sister now, then you have the Jay and Sue, right? So, so yeah. it's, it's then suddenly like you get into Bradley. Yeah, right. well, and, and another thing is like, uh, the guy who got me into working at fitness studios, because I was working um, three jobs at the time. Three was, jobs? Three jobs, yeah. So what? Wh- wh- I was working at 12 Spices. Yeah. I was working at fitness studios. Yep. Um, and I was working for the guy who got me into fitness studios. So he was running his own little boot camp at the time. Right. So I was, um, the uh, the main instructor for the boot camp, so that was uh, four days a week at night, and then I would work at Fitness Studios in the morning. And that wasn't Bradley because he had no, CrossFit no, 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 Never Quit. Yeah, right? CrossFit Never Quit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then I was working at Tour Spices on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So wow. Basically, seven days straight. It was just like bang, 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 bang. because um, yeah, I just I, I needed to like save up enough money because I wanted to obviously open something one day. Okay, all right, so, so this is yeah, another moment. That's, yeah. Right, so what yeah. made you decide you wanted your own show? All right, so when I was working at Fitness Studios, this is where I met my fiance now. Right. Okay, so she was a receptionist at the time. What's her name? Shayla. Shayla, yeah. Shayla, yeah. So she was the receptionist at the time and um, uh, we basically 
started dating uh, a year later. Yep. And I kind of wanted to show her that what I'm doing now is going to be for something bigger and better. Because I just, uh, she's, she's someone that you would never think that I would be dating. I would never think I would be dating. You know, like if you see her, she's tall, she's white and she's Muslim. Not that that makes any yep. difference, but um, yeah, I went against, I, f I feel like I went against everything the Vietnamese man was meant to do. Yeah, well, just emulating your dad, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, actually, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of wanted to prove to her that, you know, I'm, I'm not just some average dude. Yeah. So um, the fact that I wanted to prove her, I wanted to prove myself worthy as well. And when I was working at Fitness Studios, at the time, Brad knew that I was working Bradley. So he knew that I was working at Fitness Studios and I was working at the boot camp as well. And he approached me, he said, you know, do you want to, would you ever want to coach CrossFit? And CrossFit is a very uh, technical training program, okay? So a lot of people tend to get injured because of the coach. So I didn't want to put myself in that position. And eventually, you know what? If I'm not going to do this, if I'm not going to put myself in this position, I'm never going to see how successful or how much potential I actually have. So I said to him, you know what, let's do it. What, what was it about how to be how, how, how successful you could be? Or was it that, you know, make sure that Sheila... Uh, it was kind of uh, both, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of both. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up coaching uh, CrossFit once a week. Okay, so right. then I was balancing four jobs. But it, it all kind of, it was all flexible enough so I could basically do seven days a week. So by this time now, there's no more time for drinking? Party, no, 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 okay. that was it. Oh, that was it, no, no more party, no more drinking, anything. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, eventually, uh, once a week became twice a week. And during this time, Bradley was going through a bit of a, a rough patch with his life as well. And um, one of the, the months he just spoke to me, he said, you know what, I'm, I have to go on this holiday. I have to go to overseas for just a month. And you know, for a 21 year old kid, now I've got to take over the whole gym for a month. And it was that, that, that moment I said to myself, you know, I could either not do this and forget the chance of ever trying something for myself, or I can put, put myself in the deep end, throw myself in the deep end, and if it works out, I know that I'm good enough to run my own show. Mm -hmm. So for that month, I was doing everything, you know, the, um, the books, you know, the, the coaching, the classes, the member retention and everything. So that was all me for that month. The gym didn't burn down, so it was all right. <laughs> but so, so it actually w was a key moment because you suddenly now realize, hold on, I'm, I'm doing all of these things. Yeah. The only thing that's missing is my name. Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. So when he came back um, and he said, you know what, you actually did a pretty good job. And I said to myself, I'm like, maybe I should you know, bring up a, a conversation with him. You know, what is it that he actually wants or what is he going to do with Never Quit? And um, we both sat down one day and he was just like to me, you know, he, he does feel like he wants to sell. This conversation was going on for months, you know, like okay. back and forth, back and forth mm -hmm. to the point where um, I'm like to him, All right, I, I have the money, do you want to make the, the trade? And like I said, he was going through some unfortunate events in his life and uh, he said, you know what, let's, let's do it then. Mm -hmm. So um, at the end of 2015, that was probably when it all happened. Yeah. But during that time, you know, I was obviously telling my uncles and aunties because they're all accountants and lawyers and everything. And I said to them, this is what I want to do. You know, I've, I've I got three different uncles to evaluate the gym 
to see if it was you know good enough for was it was it profitable enough for me to to buy it and they all said nah within a heartbeat just nah don't get it and i said to know why and, and you know they said look at the numbers it's not making any money blah 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 and i said but the thing about the gym is it's not about the commodities of that business it's about the person who brings the people in so you can see that um bradley at the time he kind of lost a bit of the passion for it. i mean he's a great coach or well, he's a great coach but he just he lost the passion a little bit and that's due to his unfortunate events with his mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. him and his partner so you know i said to myself you know i'm still young you know i want to learn i i want to win as well so um you know what if i can change it and they said you know it's it's a really big risk you know, massive risk and you got to put yourself in a lot of debt if you don't do well with it and i said look i'm already putting myself in debt and i don't even get to take a risk with uni so you know what do you want me to do yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, may, may I ask you, so at, at that time, so you're 21, what, what kind of uh, amount were what, what, what we talking about to buy the gym? Uh, well, to buy the gym, it, we, we were negotiating and um, it was around 80 grand. Oh. Yeah, 80 grand at the time. Um, my mum helped that's me out. That's mainly the equipment. Yeah, that's mainly the equipment, obviously the, the business name and, yeah. and um, the, the, the goodwill, the, the yeah, clientele. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, like we are. Like I bought that. That's big ticket that's for a twenty-one year old. I mean, I know that yeah. a lot of twenty-one year olds, especially the Vietnamese, they put usually put eighty thousand in sound system in their <laughs> in their car. <laughs> so that's, that's, true, that's actually, a big yeah. risky yeah, thing yeah, just yeah, to put yeah, in yeah, your own yeah. business. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah well, like in in Vietnamese uh, culture, that we have something called um, heel or no heel. Oh, what's that thing that you play when people gotta pay money? Hui. That's it. Hui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was I was doing that for about. Um, a year and a half, you know, every month I'd put in this amount and by the end of it, I'd be able to pull out, say, 20 grand, Yep. right? And um, from that, I also had another, say, 15 grand saved up just from working seven days a week and, yep. you know, not seeing the sun or anything. Um, and then uh, my mum was the only person who really said, you know what, if you, this is what you want to do, you should do it. And she was living in uh, Vietnam at the time. You know, so she, was, she wasn't really there, but she was always there when we needed her to be. Right. Yeah, so she always had money saved up, um, whether it was uh, for me and my sister, she had you know, this amount and this amount for me. So that was for our future house. So she always had like a deposit for our house ready for us. Um, I'm pretty sure it was my dad's money, but whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so she said, if you wanna use this for your business, you can use it for your business. Yeah, so but, but you also saved and, 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 and did some uh, business decisions for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can, can I just go back to now, still that same period? Mm -hmm. you, you still have friends? Yeah, I still had friends, yeah. Would, yeah. Didn't you have friends saying to you, come on, we'll come out mate, with us, let's go party, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're too serious, not at yeah. your age. I think, um, I think when they asked me, I was also working at Tour Spice at the time, and I didn't want to disappoint Jay. Like, I didn't want to... Uh, say, oh, Jay, I can't work tonight. You know, I, I got to go out with my mates. Like, I think if he's working and he's the owner of the business, I'm telling him, no, nah, I got to, I got to go out because you know I want to go hang with my friends to drink and party or whatever. I just felt like I didn't want to disappoint him mm -hmm. because he's he's been such a a good mentor to me, and for me to just leave to go drink with my friends that you know they're not really going to bring any significance to me anyways. So that that was like. Obviously, I would still go out with them, like maybe once every while. But you know, every weekend, my friends would just constantly call me, and that's when I stopped saying yes. 
they stopped calling me slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. And you know what? Like a lot of people will think, oh, your friends would probably think that you know you're not a good friend anymore. But they they do respect the the choice that I make because they can see that I'm actually trying to do something. Mm. Okay. So at the age of 21 in 2015, now you you buy this business. Mm. Tell me, how was the beginning? It was it was pretty scary. Um, obviously, it was uh, exciting because you know I'm 21, owning a business. I feel entitled. I felt like you know I'm I'm king of the world. Blah blah blah. Um, and until you realize that you know you basically just own a job. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, when I took over it, you know everyone was excited. Everyone was happy for me on on Facebook. But the the people that I wanted to be happy, they weren't really happy. Like mainly my dad uh, or my grandma. Or, you know. Why one day? Well, I think when I told my dad that I dropped out of uni to pursue this, he was already annoyed. Like he was already like, you know, why, like, why would you give up such a, a good opportunity to get a degree, to get a good job, to then own a gym or work in a gym? You know, so, like, I didn't really have an answer for that. You know, I just I want to let my actions answer it eventually, hopefully. Um, same thing with my grandma. My grandma was like, you know, like, what don't you need something to fall back on? Yeah. And they they don't understand. But what if I don't fall? Yeah. So, yeah, that was. But it, the, the problem is this: the, being some people, they have the 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 model of the world, the way that they see life being constructed, and it's about going through school, getting good marks, and then getting a degree. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when they see someone, probably a bit extravagant, and going out there and doing. CrossFit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go and what are we talking about? It's a little bit like lately I just heard that some of these kids that I used to tell off back in uh, a few years ago about playing computer and you know yeah. PlayStation. Apparently these days they paid millions just to yeah, compete. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah. there's no bad thing. It's, it's the thing that you have to love. And somehow in our, in our culture, some of our parents they have a difficulty seeing our drive or our passion for a goal, they are more interested in the security that we're going to be okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. And I think that that's the two model fighting each other, isn't yep. it? Okay. Yep. So you persevered with the business, even though you knew that you had your father and your grandmother a bit unhappy. Yeah. Now, now, can you just tell me like some of the biggest, uh, uh, maybe challenges you had with the gym? Uh, the biggest challenge I had with the gym was probably when um, I realized that I started there as a member and then I became the owner. Yeah. yeah. That was the biggest challenge because when I started, um, when people started to find out that I was the owner now, yep. um, they were just saying, you know, what does this 21 year old know about running a business? You know, like he's still young, he's, he doesn't really know much about anything. And I just felt like I always had to prove to them that I am like a good enough coach. Yep. And it, it went for ages and then I just, I just tried to make everyone happy and I put everyone's happiness before mine. And I think that's what made me burn out really quickly as well, especially coming in. And a lot of the members at that time were a little bit older. It, it's hard. I can understand where they're coming from. Um, they're probably thinking, you know, you know, what, why would I listen to someone that can be my son in, in CrossFit, in training? So that was probably one of the biggest obstacles that I found. And Did that, you lose a bit of that clientele? Yeah, I did actually. Mm. Yeah. And as... So uh, how did you replenish that? Because there's a bottom line, there's certain numbers that you need. Yeah, well, the thing is, I thought to myself, you know, is this my fault? You know, did I do a bad move? But then I, when I think about it, like whenever I used to go to job interviews, they would always say, you know, you need experience, you need experience. Like what if I have that, that X factor that this person that's been working for 20 years 
doesn't have. I mean, just because you work for 20 years and you, or you have 20 years experience doesn't mean anything. It just means you've been doing the same thing for 20 years. You know what I mean? But yep. if someone can come in who's young, who's you know fresh and ready to learn, you know, wouldn't you try someone like that as opposed to someone who's done the same thing for 20 years? Once I kind of understood that, I just said, you know what, if those are the people who are, are leaving because of that reason, I don't really want them here in the first place. Yep. And once I kind of let go of that, that's when I slowly start building my way up to the culture that I wanted to create at the gym and the community that I wanted at the gym as well. Yep. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to ask you, so how did you replenish the numbers? Because as they were leaving, we, we needed to yeah. get that numbers yep. back up. Yep. Yeah? So um, as they were leaving, um, I started to do a lot of my research on um, like Facebook marketing, uh, social media marketing, and I was always on my phone on Instagram, so I might as well start doing it for the gym. So I started pumping that out. I started um, using a lot of the photography to, to get people in. And I think honestly, it was just word of mouth because okay. for me, I was doing all the classes myself and whether there was one person in the class or 12 people in the class, same attention was given to them. And um, as I was serving, I didn't really have to sell anymore because before I was just cold calling a lot of people, you know, trying to get people in. And the thing is, the more I gave attention and service to the people that were already there that enjoyed being there, they started telling people and they started telling their friends and more people started coming in exactly like them. So. Um, I started having a, a better culture and a better community mm -hmm. with the ideal members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now you also mentioned that you had burnout, and burnout is, from what I understand, you you were you were running after a goal that was meaningless. Yes. Trying to yep. hold on yep. to people who were looking yep. for a reason to leave was meaningless because yep. the more you put in, exactly, the more they were going to go yeah. anyway, right? Yep. And so the minute that you relinquished that, the burnout disappeared. Yeah. Is it burnout or is it almost like frustration bordering now? It was like, level? look, I was, I was young at the time and because I had all the power to um, control the financials, when people were leaving, I would be like, hey, you know, instead of leaving, why don't I just give you a discount? So I was giving these guys discounts as well. Yes. And these people were saying, all right, I'll stay because of the discount. Okay. And the thing is, these people were, I'm not saying anything bad, but it's kind of like having toxic in the gym. Yes. You know, they I felt like every time I would coach, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. And yes. if I'm the owner of the business and if I feel like that in my own business, like I'm, what am I doing? Yeah. So. Is that the burnout you're talking about? It almost like the worry yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of yeah. doing the wrong thing by guys that really, you're allowed to be there for free. <laughs> pretty much, okay. pretty much, yeah. So the defining moment again has to happen. <laughs> there has to be that defining moment. Yeah when you go, enough is enough. Mm. What was that? What, do you, can, can you recall that one single experience that happened? Maybe there has to be that one guy or a woman that just pushed you too far. There, there was, there was, um, don't really want to name any names, but. No, we don't need names. Yeah, 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 but there was one person that she kind of just, because she was there, even before I was a member there, and she feels like because she's there, she's been supporting me, but the flip side is, she was, she felt like she was entitled to say whatever she wanted to say. You know, sometimes she'll say things that um, either makes a new person feel like they're not good enough, mm -mm. or, you know, like she, like in the gym, there'll, there'll always be that one spot that she wants, 
okay? Like that's her spot. And if someone goes there, she'll be like, you know, it's my spot. Mm-mm. Yeah. And um, she will say some things like, oh, you know, she doesn't say it to me, but she'll say it to other people and she'll say it behind my back as well. I think um, once, once I found out about it, it's like, you know, I'm giving her these discounts. You know, I'm allowing her to do whatever she wants and she still has the nerve to say something behind my back. Yeah, I just said to her, you know, if, if you don't like what I'm doing, you're more than welcome to leave now. Okay, and after that, I've like I, I knew that my my coaching was getting better at the time. Yeah. So um, I knew my service was getting better, and I said to myself, you know what, I want to make a change in terms of not just prices, but once I change the prices around, the people that will come in, they're coming in for my service, my new services now. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to drop my prices anymore. This is the price, and if you come in, if you don't like it, you can move on. Okay. And luckily, I was at a, t- a point where it was growing at the same time, and all the people that were talking you know, bad about me, they slowly started leaving. Mm. Okay, so as they were leaving, it kind of felt good. Like it was kind of like a, a, a new door that opened, and yep. Uh, yep. you know, all the people that come that came in, even for, to this day, they're the people that have stayed, and you know, they've said nothing but good things about us. Mm. So um, it was at that moment that one person. I, Thankfully, she 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 did that to me. Yep. Otherwise, I'd still be. She pushed you too far. That's yeah. A, that's Otherwise, I'd still be doing what I'm doing yep. now. You know, giving out discounts. You know, yep. putting everyone first. So yeah, that was. Um, I think that was one of the, there was one thing I, I forgot though, uh, is that as you bought the business, you kept on training yourself, learning, uh, and improving yourself. Yep. You didn't rely on now. I've got a business. I've paid eighty grand for it. Now, mm-hmm. well, you know, the business is going to have to do it for me. You actually invested in you. Yeah. Yeah. And. And so you made yourself being the main commodity, yeah, not yeah, the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just told myself, I'm like, you know, a lot of people, um, when they, you know, start a business or buy a business, they want to win now. Yeah. Okay? And that's cool and all, but I think for me personally, I love to win, but I also love playing the game. You know, so for me, I, I want to be in it for the long race. And I know that if I'm in it for the long race, I'll eventually win because people start dropping off. Yep. Okay, so I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to invest myself as much as I can and it will pay off eventually. Not now, not next week, but it will eventually pay off because I'm constantly trying to grow me yep. and I am the business. So if I'm growing myself, I'm also growing the business. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. You, were talk- you talked a few times now about culture and community. So mm-hmm. what is the culture that you have at, in your business? So what's the name of your business? CrossFit Never Quit. Oh, so yeah, okay. Well, that's so you never change it. I never change it. I kept the yeah. same. I just, I just like you that. never change it to CrossFit. We never quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have too many Asians coming. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so what what is the culture you have there? Uh, the culture we have there is um, you know everyone, even though they're there as individuals and they have their own individual goals, we yep. all share the same vision. You know, and that's to allow people to reach their own goals. And you know, when you do it by yourself, it's really hard. You know, but if you come in to our doors, not only do you have the uh, the training program and the facility, but you also have that one hour where you can just socialize with people, you know, asking about the day. And I think for me personally, yes, as much as I want to create a training program, I also want to have um, improvement in mental health. Yeah. Okay. So when they come in, they talk to others, and once you get to know that person, you know, if you want to train the next day. You kind of ask that person, "Hey, are you training tomorrow?" And then the whole accountability thing happens as well. Right. You know, so I think one of the defining moments for um, culture, like for me to actually represent the word culture, was um, about two months ago. We ran a, a competition, and this competition 
had over about 400 people come from all across New South Wales. Wow. And this was my first ever competition over the four years of running the gym. That's a lot of And um, we had 50 volunteers from our gym. And, you know, I didn't, like, obviously I said, you know, if anyone would like to help, yep. you know, please put your name down. And I only had 10 slots at the time. And we had to print out another uh, piece of paper because people just said, you know what, if you want anything, we'll come help you guys, blah, 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 blah. So we had 50 people help out. And that's, you know, that's a lot of people to give up their day, their yep. whole day to help out, you know, our brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was um, that was a pretty big moment for me as well. That's, I think this year was it had a lot of milestones for me this year. Yeah, yeah but you, you find it like that in a lot of businesses, you know, for quite a while you, you see no change. Yeah. And then suddenly it goes, it's a little yeah, bit yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to me building businesses, it's a bit like boiling a bit of uh, milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you're right actually. For, for quite a while you see nothing. Yeah. And, and you keep on investing on yourself, yeah, keep yeah, investing yeah. in gym equipment. Yep. And, and you feel like, you know, all we're doing is opening the show and keep, or keeping it open. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, it yeah. just explodes. You know? That's right. Yeah, so, like, this is my fourth year now. And the first two years, I didn't see anything happen. But I also realized I didn't really do much as well, you know. Um, and it wasn't until uh, last year and this year where I started to see the growth, not only for, you know, the member memberships, but the, the gym itself, you know, changing the brand, changing the logo, sorry. And um, just seeing a lot of things happen, like the competition, the um, the launch of my other business, yep. it, it all happened because I was in it for the long race. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so where's the gym? The gym's in Preston's. Are you looking at opening a new one? Um, you know what? For a, a while, I used to think, you know, yes, I do want to open another one, but personally, for now, um, I want to maximize the potential of this current location. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why our CrossFit gym does so well is because we're in a smaller location and um, because we're in a small location, you know, the person in one corner is still relatively close to the other person in the other corner. You know, the connection is still there. Here's people always ask, you know, why don't you expand to a bigger uh, facility? And the thing is, like, once you open a really big facility, like, the connection is kind of lost. If you're in a smaller area, you're obligated to kind of see the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have more classes in one facility and have, you know, 200 people or 220 people at one facility as opposed to a really big facility and have, you know, maybe 50 people. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So do you run all the classes by yourself? No, like I, I don't run all the classes myself now. I have two other uh, coaches working with me as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm there, but I only coach maybe about seven classes now as opposed yeah, you to- you charge them more. Yeah. Like the people who want yeah, to yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's payback time for all of them. <laughs> yeah. So now I, I can see it. I actually was asking a silly questions because obviously if you are, if you have, or if you're opening a new business, I, I guess I'm going to have to ask you now, what is it? What, what is that defining moment again that push you instead of going for an expansion is now you're going into this new business. So, so what is this new business venture you're looking at? Um, this new business is, um, it's an apparel company. So um, it's it's called NVQT, like I see in my show. Yeah, yeah I see. Um, it. And it's pretty much short for Never Quit Apparel. And basically it's um, taking Never Quit from a facility to now a representation of a lifestyle. Okay, so it's not just training programs, not just facility, it's something you can wear and you can really define your attitude of never quitting. Right. You know, so uh, I, I always love the whole culture of um, 
like clothing and everything. I, I was always into the um, the next big style, the next big culture of clothing. So you know what I'm saying. You know, if I ha- if I have all this time during the day, because we have classes in the morning and we have classes at night. Yeah. And then during the day, it's kind of like you know an hour of paperwork or an hour of advertising, and I have all this time during the day to do something else. But I want to do something that's relative to the business as well. Yeah. Something that also can't really fail. I mean, if I have um, this other business, even if it doesn't do well, I still have nice clothes for the gym. Yep. You know, so I just tried this out and um, I bought my own printer, uh, heat press and uh, software to make shirts. Yep. Because I used to go around to all these printing companies and um, I asked them, you know, how much is it to print shirts? And they said, you know, it's gonna cost you X amount plus every new design is like a $60 uh, setup fee. Yeah. And I said, so if I have, say, seven different designs, that's $420 just for the setup fee. And they said, yeah. But then the thing is, like, this printing machine only costs $400. So if I buy this printing machine, I can make as unlimited designs as, as I can, and it's not going to cost me a thing. If it actually makes me money on top of it. So I bought that machine. I kind of just YouTubed everything, how to, you know, set it up, how to print my own shirts. And I started printing my own shirts. I started buying blank shirts. And um, I started doing it for the gym, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. So, 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 what's the product you have for the moment? Just a t-shirt? Um, well, we st- I, when I first started, I only had t-shirts and singlets. Yep. And um, it sold out. I started getting hoodies in, sold out, and I'm like, you know what? This is this is pretty good, and this is only to the gym of 120 people. Um, and I started saying, oh, you know, let's try and uh, let's go to the other market. Let's go outside the people who haven't been at Never Quit before. So um, yeah, I started putting it up on Instagram and uh, all that stuff, and you know, people said, yeah, this is really, this is actually nice clothing, mm-hmm. and um, I started printing it for that as well. And I said, oh, we're getting pretty big now. Like we we can't just do like you know 100 shirts a week by myself because I was staying up, you know, you know, like it's a pretty long process, but you got to peel out all the vinyl, then you got to put it on, you got to press it, and all that stuff, and like it's okay to do 20 shirts, but you know, with people asking for 100 or something shirts, um, then I would have to do something else. So the funny thing is I told my mom about it and my mom said, um, you know, so how much are you getting these shirts for? And I said, mom, you wouldn't believe me, but I'm selling it for 35 and I'm getting it for $20. And she said, so you're only making $15. And I said, yeah, but $15 I can't make anywhere else. And she said to me, you know, I live in Vietnam, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? She said, I can make you all these in Vietnam if you just give me that one sample and I can make it for you. and it'll be a fraction of the price and you'll get more money from it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, so I said to myself, why didn't I think of this ages ago? So well, I Because we don't know everything. <laughs> we don't know everything, yeah. <laughs> right, your head was is, is about gym and how to make people <laughs> yeah, yeah. pump and, yeah. and do CrossFit better, right? Yeah, so she said to me, you know, just um, what you do is just print off whatever you want, exactly like how you want it, yep. send it over to, to her in Vietnam and then she would just make it for me. Um, so so the, the special thing about your gear, because I can see it here, is it all of your gear is all about NVQT or do you have slogan, do you have so our never slogan, quit on it? And, uh, our slogan, uh, we, can't, we didn't really use too much of the actual word never quit because yes. um, we're still trying to you know, get it through our trademarking and, and um, you know, copyright and everything. Right, right. So we're just using NVQT at the moment and it's got a pretty good ring to it. So um, our slogan is wear your attitude. We wear your attitude. Oh, wear your yeah. attitude. I like that. Yeah. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. After that, my uh, my mom started making these shirts for me, and she brought it over here, and I just 
in my shoulder. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, man, I better find out about this stuff. But do you have like <laughs> extra, extra large? <laughs> 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 so, where from here? Ah, oh, man. From here, it's uh, it's been a pretty big year so far. But obviously, the uh, the next thing for me would be um, getting the current gym now to full potential so I can kind of justify saying, all right, if it's if the system is working, I can bring the system over somewhere else. But right now I'm still trying to, um, you know, sort out the systems and everything and it's still growing by the minute. So, you know, every year we've increased the memberships. Um, so where are we at if 100% where you want it to be, where are we at now? Um, I think we're still at about 75%. Okay. We still have about 25 more percent to grow. But yeah, that, that's for the gym side. In terms of the clothing side, we want to just keep doing what we're doing. Um, the next two years will just be about constant collections. So every season, you got to put out another collection. Yeah. And like I didn't know that. I just said, you know what? I'll just put out one every like six months. And then one of the girls who works with me, she said, so you're not going to bring one out for winter or summer? And I'm like, I didn't know you had to. So um, yeah, we're going to try and bring at least four out per year. The the one thing that I learned from this whole business uh, for the clothing was that don't be too much of a tight ass. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the the one thing that, the mistake that I made that cost me a couple of thousand dollars was um, I tried to save too much money per unit and it was good because I got a pretty good price for it, but now I have too much dead stock. Okay, so uh, all my stock's upstairs. We have two levels for the gym, so downstairs is the gym. Upstairs, I've renovated it so that um, I have one room for storage one room for our physio nutritionist, um, and I get rent from that as well, and then um, another room for myself. So uh, right now we have a lot of de dead stock, and that's purely because I tried to save too much money on buying. Instead of buying, say, 100 units, I bought, say, 500 shirts. Yeah. Okay, so the next time I do it, um, I'll try to just order less, even though I'm gonna pay more, but at least if I sell that, or I sell out of that, I know that that's, the profitable item, and I can just reorder it. Yeah, you know, so you know, you, you learn from it. Not well, really. Well, some people it. like spend thousands of dollars at, in, in hex and don't get anything out of it. Right? That's right. Yeah, but you paid a fraction right, to yeah, have yeah, an yeah. amazing business lesson. So yeah. we that that's a God-given thing. Yeah. Now, I want to also ask you about. Um, what, what if what if someone came to you now and said, "I can see the clothing business going very very well. I just want to take over CrossFit." Would you sell it? Mm, that's a question, eh? <laughs> to be honest, I probably wouldn't sell it. Um, I think sometimes you have to think about, you know, what got you here in the first place. And I'm still 26 years old and I still have a lot to give to the gym. And, you know, I still wake up and I still think, you know, I'm lucky to be in this position right now. And if I'm still feeling like this, that means I still enjoy being there. You know, it's when I wake up and I think, I gotta go to work now. Yeah. That's yeah. when that's when you know that you know you're probably not in it anymore. Okay. Yeah. One of the things that I didn't speak uh, about is Shayla and yep. her support for you because she's been around you for what is it now? Four or five years? Five. Uh, six years. Oh, six uh, years. Soon to be six years. Yeah. yeah we, be careful um, about what you say. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we dated for about five and a half years yeah. until. Um, like I'll, I always told myself that this was the, the girl that I'm gonna marry yep. you know, as soon as I met her. Um, she just always wanted to push me to do better. Yes. And you know, for she's two years older than me, yes. a year and a half older than me, so she's always like 
that one step closer to marriage and everything. So, you know, it's funny. She'll, she'll always send me these photos saying, oh, you know, my cousin just got married or my friend just got married. Yep. And um, I'm like, you know what, I, I do want to get married, but I just want to set myself up first just so that I can financially say, yeah, I'm ready to get married. As opposed to there's people, you know, there's people that um, they just get married and they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And that's cool and all, but I, I, I wanted to set myself up first and then say, all right, if you're going to be with me every step of the way, I know you're going to be the right person. Okay, so the fact that I, I bought the gym and I started the, the whole clothing company, she was supportive all the way. And now that it is making a bit of money, I wanted to return it to her as well. So two months ago, we got engaged. From that, it's kind of like, all right, now, are you happy? We're married now. <laughs> We're pretty much married. Um, but we also we're also building a house together. Yes, uh, we uh, we bought a, a piece of land, a block of land, two years ago, and um, it's going to slowly start construction. Yeah. I think pretty soon. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure that she's with you because of the the amount of passion that you have in in, in your blood. I can I can see it. Mm. But these days. Um, I find that a lot of young people, and I say young because 26, I think you, you're, you're still a baby. We do want that time together with our partner, but when they in the process of building their own business empire, there's a fight between the empire and time for ourselves. Uh, do yeah, you have definitely. that? Do you find that um, a struggle there? I don't think there's a struggle because we're both trying to build ourselves. She's working at a logistics company and. She's almost at the top of her game. I mean, she's working closely with the uh, branch managers. I'm, I'm sure she's slowly going to become a branch manager for her uh, own uh, location. So she's working, you know, six days a week. So on the seventh day, we have together on the Sunday. We're, we're pretty much just sleeping. <laughs> yes. You know, so, um, yeah, she's, she's working pretty hard. So, you know, that and what I'm doing now, she, we both understand each other. You know, it would be different if she was just working you know, a nine to five, come home and just be like, you know, are you done with work yet? Are you done with work yet? But, you know, she's working, you know, seven till, you know, five or seven as well. And she's getting home and she has to look after her own family too. I mean, she's got um, her, her mom and dad are getting quite old. They own their own cafe. So she, when she gets home, she's she's cooking for them and everything. She's a pretty good catch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to ask you something in closing here. What will be, because I can see it, your biggest defining moment is being a Vietnamese child who's running into, I mean, being a young child, running with hormone levels that just push you into a lot of other things, going through that defining moment. Yeah. I, I prefer to call it the DM, if you will. <laughs> so what would be five tips that you would share with a young person now who's maybe 18 or 19 or 20 and doing, going through life a bit lost? because I think there's a lot of that for the mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. And wanting a bit of that direction, what would be five things that you'd tell them? I think the first one would be, it's okay to be lost. At the end of the day, I was lost from 13 all the way up until 21. So right. for that nine years, I was still lost, you know, and- um, Why yeah. is that? Well, I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. You know, I say that I, I wasn't lost because like I said, you know, every time my uncle asked me what I want to do, I said, yeah. I, I want to be an engineer, I want to be an engineer. So, um, yeah, it's, it's okay to be lost. I mean, some people, they, they go through uni and they, they work five years in a job and they realize that this is not what they want to do. So they're still lost, really. You know, yeah. you, you, um, you never really find yourself. Yeah, that's, that'll be the first one, just it's yep. okay to be lost. Second one would just be um, 
stay humble, obviously. Um, a lot of people will uh, will say, oh, you know, will talk very highly of themselves, blah, 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 but I think you just gotta stay humble as well. I mean, I when I bought the business, you know, I wasn't really that humble. I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm owning the business, blah, blah, blah. And like I said, it wasn't until two years later that I just realized I owned a job. And um, yeah, I just kind of let my actions talk for myself as opposed to let my words talk. So uh, that'll be the second one. Yep. The third one is be in it for the long race as well. Like you don't have to win right away. Yeah, a lot of people, like I said before, they, they just want to win from, from day one. And I think if you have those small little wins, that's a lot better than constantly finding the big win. Set yourself, set your goals high, but don't be afraid to uh, celebrate those small little goals as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like you say, in the long race, you don't have to have things today. No, no, you yeah. don't. Like I, I still drive the same car that I did three years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, you're not the real Vietnamese then, mate. <laughs> well, I, I, my first car was the Integra. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 you are. You there are. you go, there you go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just be on for the long race. Number four would be uh, meet meet as many people as possible. Think. Okay. Like, I'm lucky that I'm at the gym now and I'm surrounded by all these people that, you know, they're some of them are CEOs, some of them are just normal workers, but, you know, because I know all these different people, I can adapt myself so easily as well. And networking for me is so easy. Like I, I can talk to one person who's a CEO, I can talk to one person who's a, a lawyer and you know, they, they converse with me like a, they're a, like a normal human being. I think once you allow a title to define you, that's when you know, everything goes to bad because you just separate yourself from these people. Yeah, you know? and, and, and really, in, in the, your story, that's what you showed, is that you were, at a very young age, open to listening to Jay, Sue, and Bradley. So, so yeah. you were yeah. okay with being guided. And when you're telling the story, I can hear that your humility in listening to your mum about business, listening to that lady mm. in your gym. So you're very much an open mind kind of person when it comes to getting feedback. That doesn't mean that you do everything they say, but you at least can get that information mm. and make your own decision. Yep. So what will be another tip to that young 18 or 19 who's thinking, well, you know, school's not for me, my life, I don't even know what I want to do. I mean, how, how, do we, how do we get there? How do we find that thing that is for us? Yeah, um, I think just be okay to take the risk. Okay, and accept that, yeah, you might fall, but you might not. You know, that's the biggest risk for people is not doing something. Right. I think like if you're not doing anything, like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yep. Okay, so if you do this, I'd rather fail so many times doing something I love rather than not succeeding or not being successful at something I absolutely hate right. because I don't try. So um, yeah, that was just one of those things, man. Okay. Well, he that's been um, very inspiring. And if uh, you're 26 and that's your real age, um, <laughs> it makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're pretty driven and you've got passion in you. And I'd love one of these days maybe to talk a little bit about your passion and, and that one word that you used earlier, which is the X factor. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that you, you run a business not really about selling people fitness, but really enjoying helping them yeah. reach their vision, their goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot in you still to come. Now, what's the address of your gym? Uh, we are at Unit 27-9, Progress Circuit, Preston's. Progress Circuit yeah. in Preston. Okay. 
Mate, I look forward to uh, talking to you some more, right? Yeah. And uh, maybe one of these days be um, fit enough to have an NVQT t-shirt. <laughs> I'll definitely bring one next time, man. Look, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thanks okay. so much for your time, man. Yeah. Thank you. No worries.